0: the title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Isaiah 40, that chapter in the book of Isaiah, but as a subtitle, it would be the following, look to God, receive fresh strength. Now just think about that for a moment, look to God and receive fresh strength. Does that sound like something that could benefit you today? And by the way, don't be quiet on me, church, all right? I want some amens and some participation and so on. So look to God, receive fresh strength. Would you please turn so long to Isaiah 40? We'll get there in a moment's time. And in Isaiah 40, we find a beautiful passage of scripture. The Bible is really filled with so many beautiful passages of scripture, am I right? Many times you hear me say, well, this is so beautiful, this passage, and, oh, I really like this one, and then you say, then you hear me say, well, this is like a favorite of mine, and, oh, no, wait, wait, this is also a favorite. Eventually, I got so many favorites, but uh, I do have a love for the Word of God, and I'm sure you do have too, but this beautiful passage, I believe that it can minister deep down to your soul today, and isn't that what God wants after all? It shouldn't be a case that we come in here and walk out and we know different. But we should be like opening up our hearts and say, God, if this is your word, I am listening. Speak to me. So, would you allow God to speak to you today? Please open up your heart. Come on, open up and let God speak. So, Isaiah 40, verse 27 to 31. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, saying, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth neither faints nor is weary. Get a load of that. His understanding is unsearchable. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak. Is there anybody feeling weak here today? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might He increases strength, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but here it comes, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Oh, this is the kernel of it. Say it with me. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's say that again. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. What a picture. They shall run. This is the running, the race of life. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And we thank the Lord for his word, amen? Amen. There are four things that I'd like to bring out today out of what we've just read and I hope that they will speak to you and make the very passage come alive. The first point I'd like to make is the following. Oh, the wonder of a God who never gets tired or weary. Now, Don't let that just fly over the top of your head. (laughs) Say this with me, oh, the wonder of a God who never gets tired or weary. Now, please keep the chapter open that we're looking at. It says in verse 28, the first part, it says, have you not known, have you not heard? Well, how could you have known? How could you have heard? You could have heard through the scriptures. You could have known through what has been passed down to you from previous generations of people that loved and honored God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, this is Jehovah, the creator of the ends of the earth, and there it says, neither faints nor is weary. And so I think to myself, what an amazing thought! A God that never gets weary. This should actually blow our minds. Take out your middle wicket, dong, gone. Ha. He never gets tired or weary. Have you ever thought about this? What are gods? And you know what? This is completely foreign to us because we are getting tired and weary all the time. Am I right? I know my cousin Paul And uh, I remember chuckling one day. He says, no, he drives along in his car and he gets so tired, he can hardly stay awake. You know, even just reversing out the driveway, he can fall asleep in the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think of how some of us, uh, here we go, even fall asleep in church. (laughs) Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Some of us even fall asleep in church. Or, or, or some of you might say, how many of you would say, no, I have never, ever once nodded off in church. Never, ever, ever. Because I would actually like to shake your hand because I've never met an angel before. Wow. You're amazing. Mrs. BioPlus. Wow. And by the way, I just wanna let you know that we have cameras. (laughs) And these cameras get audience shots. And Emmanuel, right over there, he's getting some good camera shots, and that little camera up in the corner there, also getting some audience shots. And uh, sometimes when I come to view the program that has been edited for for television, which gets broadcast later, uh, sometimes the television crew They show me some interesting visuals that they have discovered in church of people that they're not knocked out in the glory, unfortunately, but they're locked out in the snoring or something like that. And I remember the one time uh, they showed me a picture and it was of a lady and her son and uh, the son looked about 16 years of age, and both of them were sleeping so solidly that their heads had both fallen backwards, Gong, you know. And I didn't know how to feel about this. And then one of the teams said, but at least they're sleeping in church. So I, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm supposed to be happy that they're sleeping in church. Well, I suppose it's better than being in the pub or the casino or something like that. But hey, let's be real. We all get tired and weary. And so that when we think about a God who doesn't get tired and weary, it's foreign to us. When we think about a God who never runs out of energy, it's foreign to us. We live in a world that is focused more than ever on energy needs, am I right? Energy needs, energy resources we hear about things like fossil fuels renewable energy solar wind generation gas nuclear hydro etc and the world is needing more and more energy at this point in time it's constantly looking for energy and do you know that they say that in the past month that the world has now crossed over to being 8 billion people on the planet and all of these Uh, people and the increase in population uh, is taking place, but also the demand for energy is increasing and increasing. It's actually a problem that we have in the world. Do you know, the world consumes 65 terawatts of power per day, 65 terawatts. And I think ESCOM produces about 100 watts of power. Sorry, sorry, I just had to throw that in. I'm, I'm just teasing, all right. But... The world consumes 65 terawatts of power per day. Now, if you compare that to a 100-watt light bulb, it is 650 billion light bulbs that are being run. That is to power up industry, factories, mining, ships, airplanes, all of that. It's a tremendous amount of power that the world is consuming. So then when we hear about our God who never gets tired, who never runs out of energy, it's a foreign concept. But I want to tell you, that's how amazing our God is. God is God alone. He never runs out of resources. Never. He's keeping the whole universe functioning. Everything that was created has been created by Him and exists by Him, and He sustains it all. What a God. So let's see things from the right perspective. But it's amazing, his resources never run out. It says in Psalm 121, verse three to four, he who keeps you will not slumber. Isn't that beautiful? It says, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You know that verse before. And so I'm thinking to myself, wow, God, besides for not getting tired or weary, God never sleeps. There's a song years ago, I used to love it, Jehovah never sleeps. He's God in you and me. Jehovah never sleeps. And so I thought, well, if God never sleeps, so I guess by implication, he doesn't need a bed. He doesn't need a bed. Now imagine for a moment, Jesus is on earth when he walked the earth. Imagine he's like 18 years of age and and here he is experiencing life on earth as a human, fully God, but fully man. And here he is having a sleep. Maybe it's a Sunday afternoon sleep. Maybe it's a Saturday Sabbath sleep or something like that. And then he wakes up and and just the thought occurs to him that, wow, you know, when I was in heaven uh, and I had all the glories and so on, I never slept. But this is what it is like to sleep. This is what my people experience. Quite a thought, hey? I also want to say this to you that there will come a day when you will have the last sleep that you will ever have when you are on this planet at some point in time. And then when you go to be with Jesus, you will never ever need to sleep again because you will be empowered by the energy and the power of God that it's always been sustained. But that's point number one. Realize this, that oh, the wonder of a God who never gets tired or weary. But before I move on, I just wanna say this. Uh, Now, God may not need sleep, but we certainly do. (laughs) We do. Sleep is essential, folks. We really need to see sleep as important. The average person needs to sleep eight hours per night in order to function effectively. Now, I remember a friend of mine a bunch of years ago And he said to me, he doesn't need the seven or eight hours a night. He honestly can function on four to five hours. A hardworking guy, up early morning, commuting through to Johannesburg, four to five hours, and and many times he'd be working late up till 12.30 at night and one in the morning sometimes, and then he's up at 4.30 going and going. And uh, this was going on for years, and he just said, John, I don't know, maybe my body is just different. And I found it very difficult because I was really needing my sleep. But you know what, he seemed to be managing fine. But after some years, he hit the wall and he crashed and burned. And so when he went to seek help from professionals and so on, one of the things that clearly came out is that you have to have sufficient sleep. And part of the reason why you're struggling is because you've neglected this for years. And so I wanna say to you, make sure you get enough sleep. Please tell the person next to you, make sure you get enough sleep. Not now. So make sure you get enough sleep. But only God doesn't need sleep. So point number one, oh, the wonder of a God who never gets tired and weary. Number two, no one will ever know how great God's understanding is. And in verse 28, I hope your Bible's still open, it says, his understanding is unsearchable. And in this passage of Isaiah 40, I'd like to suggest to you that this is an overlooked, beautiful nugget. Let it sink in. His understanding is unsearchable. This means that his understanding is infinite. It means that there is literally no end to his understanding. We will never find the end of what God understands because he understands everything to the very deepest level. If I was to try to give you a comparison, maybe I would say comparing our understanding versus God's. God's understanding is like rivers of water that are flowing that are powerful rivers of water and our understanding is comparatively like a little drop in the bucket. Maybe another example would be Google Earth. What is Google Earth? Essentially, it's a 3D image of the entire Earth captured by satellite Primarily, but also captured by land photography and so on. And so this whole Google Earth, this picture of the entire Earth, maybe we can compare that to God's understanding, although God's understanding is a lot bigger, whereas our understanding might be like a little aerial photograph of our house. You see the dog kennel, see the house, see the garage, and that's it. His understanding is unsearchable. Please say this after me. His understanding understanding. is unsearchable. It says in Romans 11, verse 33 in the NIV, it says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments. And in this, his paths are beyond tracing. And then we wanna rely on our own wisdom and we are making a mistake Let's rely on the wisdom of the one whose paths are without tracing. That is powerful. Now, in verse 27, there is actually an accusation being made against God. And the accusation is that God doesn't care. And that he's not concerned with the injustices that we might be facing. It says in verse 27 in the Good News Bible, it says, Israel... Why then do you complain that the Lord doesn't know your troubles or care if you suffer injustice? So there's this complaint. The Lord doesn't know, the Lord doesn't care. He doesn't care. You know what? That is actually an insult to God's deep, intimate knowledge of you. God's understanding is unsearchable. In other words, His knowledge of your personal situation is complete and total. But here's what we need to understand. God knows deeply in order to care deeply. He doesn't know everything in order to just turn a blind eye to the situations that you face. No, he knows all things for the purpose of involvement. He knows all things for the purpose of assistance, for the purpose of aid and help in your life. And it says in Psalm 139, the following, it says, you have searched me and known me. This is God's uh, knowledge is unsearchable. It says, God, you have searched me and known me. You know my thoughts, you know my ways. But then it says, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God, in other words, out of all this knowing of what I'm facing, of what I'm going through. Yes, you do care for me. How precious are your thoughts to me, oh God. How vast is the sum of them. They're more than the grains of sand. And so I wanna say he cares deeply and he has precious thoughts towards you. If only you and I would have more precious thoughts to ourselves, towards ourselves. Do you know this? I heard a pastor say this once, it's so true. God is the only one who is always thinking good thoughts towards you. How precious are his thoughts. Number three, are you still with me? God is offering to renew your strength. Please say this out loud with me. God is offering to renew your strength. I don't know where you're at today. You might be feeling very good and very strong. You might be feeling very weak and maybe you putting on a happy face, but behind it all, there's a a deep struggle. You might be wondering whether God still cares, and I want to say to you today, know this, that He does care for you. This is what He says. And He's here to renew your strength. That's what this passage is about today. It says in verse 29 to 31, have a look at it again. It says, he gives power to the weak. Oh, thank you, Lord, power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Thank you, Lord, you're increasing strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. Just to reiterate, what that talks about is when you're in your youth, you're in the prime of your strength. And even in the prime of our human strength, we fail. And it says, and young men shall utterly fall. But here it comes. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So these phrases stand out for me. Power to the weak, that's for you, child of God. He increases strength, that's for you, child of God. Renew their strength, that's for you, child of God. And the reality is that we do all get Tired and weary. Even the strongest of the strong get tired. You might look at a family friend or a a family member or something like that and you look at them and you think they look bulletproof. Nothing gets them down, they're just always strong. Even the strongest of the strong fall down. But God says, I'm here to give you strength and so god's strength never diminishes and he is yet to renew your strength i remember a little story uh, i was 21 years of age i just qualified with my theology degree and i'm here in my dad's pastor's meeting and uh, so my dad in the meeting he reads isaiah 40 and this part which says that you know that we will wait on the lord and renew our strength and so i thought to myself i had this little aha moment I thought I knew it all from my theology studies and I said, so, therefore, we don't ever need to get tired. And I thought I was so, yeah. And uh, the bunch of pastors just looked at me and my dad uh, with a little smile, he said, uh, in a perfect world. I may have had a theology degree but I needed experience. And so my dad said, no, the reality is, John, we all get tired, but he renews our strength. That's the God that we serve. Now, I wanna ask you, when the Bible says he renews our strength, what type of strength is this being spoken of? Is this physical strength that is being spoken of? Is this physical energy? As I understand it, It is spiritual strength. Would you please say spiritual strength? It is spiritual strength. In other words, it is inner strength. It is strength of the heart, and that makes all the difference. Yes, it may include other areas as well, but primarily when God says, I'm gonna renew your strength, He's talking about the strength of heart. That strength of heart and spiritual strength makes all the difference. Because when you have strength of heart, you can continue to fulfill the destiny of your life. When you have strength of heart, you can persevere even through very difficult times. When you have strength of heart, you can endure through some of the toughest situations. When there is that spiritual strength, when there is strength of heart, And so I want to say to you today, if your heart is feeling very weak, I speak to your heart under the power of the Holy Spirit and I tell your heart to beat again in Jesus' name. I tell your heart to beat again and be strong and receive strength. It's not from me, it's from God. But in terms of this, there's something very important about those that wait on the Lord. It says in uh, verse 31, the first part, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, everybody say wait. Say it a bit louder. But those who wait for the Lord, this is the Amplified Classic, in brackets it says, who expect, who look for, and hope in Him shall change and renew their strength and power. This is beautiful. So, In terms of this aspect of waiting on God, one of the things is that how is the strength received? And I believe it is received by, listen carefully, looking to the one whose strength never diminishes. How do you receive the strength? You look to the one whose strength never diminishes. After all, he has the strength. And he says, I renew your strength. Some people are looking for strength in the wrong places. And all the time, God's saying, I'm offering it to you. It is available to you. And listen to this. This is very important. To wait on the Lord means to have confident expectation and active hope in the Lord. I wanna say this again, to wait on the Lord means that I have confident expectation in my God and I have active hope in my God. In other words, I'm not turning away and being discouraged. I'm not saying, no, I can't do this and turning my gaze from God. But even though sometimes it's really difficult, I'm still looking to God and I'm saying, God, I'm looking to you. My confident expectation is of you and after all, you have the strength and I look to you and your strength comes into me simply by where are you looking? Where are you looking? Where are you looking? Where are you looking? It's very powerful. Waiting on God has this practical element of the affection of your heart turned to God and then the strength that comes as a result of that. Please say this after me. God's strength is where I get my strength. That's why I look to him. There's a scripture in Psalm 34, verse five. In the NLT, it says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. It's quite simple. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I wanna tell you, For some of you, God wants to restore the joy even on your face, that your face would once again be radiant. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop trying to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Stop trying to do the self-help stuff. I wanna tell you, we can't self-help ourselves properly. We need the help of the Almighty God, the one whose resources (laughs) never deplete. Last point, number four. We can even expect to soar like eagles. Please say this with me. We can even expect to soar like eagles. Now, if you were attending some fancy uh, leadership course at Gallagher States where you pay 5,000 bucks a person, then you would expect like, you know, these statements like, you can do anything. Uh, but when I say that we can soar like eagles, this is not some fancy smoothie kind of statement, all right? This is just what God's word says. If God's word says we can soar like eagles, I believe his words. Verse 31, it says in the Amplified Classic, they shall lift up their wings. This is the part that you have to do. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. There is a part that you have to do, child of God. You can't just keep your wings in like this, oh eagle. You're not a turkey, come on, you're an eagle you're an eagle. You say, how can I you know, soar with eagles when I work with turkeys? I don't know, I don't know. But you have to stretch out your wings. There is a part that you have to play. You have to just stretch out your wings and trust in God. And then it says they mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. Let me say this. The eagle in Scripture is a picture of strength. Everybody say strength. And there's occasions where this image is brought in and God uses it to describe the strength which he gives. One of them is in Exodus 19 verse four. I'll read it to you. God says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Here's God referencing this picture of eagles' wings. And basically, it's the story of uh, the victory of Israel over Egypt and how they were supernaturally delivered through all the plagues and so on. And it's basically been like lifted up on a strong eagle's wings. That's what's taking place. And sometimes, there might be people here listening to me today, and you feeling like those Israelites, and there's a lot of bondage and challenges and so on, and you desire freedom. And God says, I will lift you up on eagle's wings and draw you unto myself. There will be a picture, I believe and declare, listen to this, I believe and declare, there will be a picture of strength in your life, O eagle of God, once again. Also in Psalm 103, verse five, it says, God satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In other words, God nourishes us and causes us to be strong like an eagle. And so the eagle is a picture of strength. And you know what? God lifts us up like a powerful eagle And that eagle starts to soar higher and higher above the earth and the troubles of the earth. I really believe that a life lived in close relationship with God helps you to live not beneath the circumstances, but it helps you to be on top. That's what God wants. I'm drawing to a close. But as I do, I just want to say a few things about eagles as I'm drawing to a close. Eagles are majestic birds, would you agree? They're amazing, they're amazing. I mean, they are striking, they are regal, they are majestic birds. And you've heard me say this before, years ago when I was uh, probably 12, 13 years of age, I remember that in our school assembly, a guy came and brought an eagle to show us and do a demonstration. And uh, we had to all keep quiet as the student body and this guy walked in with an eagle here on his arm and it had a hood on its head and he came right down to the front and then he took the hood off and all of us are like, Whoa, you?" and everyone's like shh you know. But as you looked at this eagle and seen it close up in, you know, inside of a building, it looked absolutely amazing. And then there was this little moment where it flew five or six meters from the one side of the hall and landed on a little podium. And I thought to myself, wow, an eagle is an amazing bird. They have amazing eyesight, eight times sharper than a human. They have powerful teeth, sorry, feet with talons. They don't have teeth. They've got false teeth. They've got false teeth. <laughs> Yeah, for the ones what the I like You see, understand it? You all understanding? Plus the 44 Afrikaans people that Charlize Theron needed to help out. Okay. What was it, 43? I, I don't know. And so they have these powerful feet with talons that can grip like a vice. They have beaks that can tear and slash their food. But you know what? Most of all, eagles are built for flying. And I wanna tell you, God has likened you like to an eagle because most of all, you are built not to grovel, you are built to fly. And in terms of flying, they have a wingspan of about eight feet. They have incredible speed up to 180 kilometers per hour but I wanna read to you a little paragraph here. Would you just allow this paragraph to speak to you? It says, eagles do not fly like sparrows or robins. Most birds fly through the air by flapping their wings, but eagles cannot flap for very long. They are built for soaring, and thus they can go so much further with little energy. God created our planet with invisible columns of hot air called thermals that rise here and there from the surface of the earth. Eagles find these thermals, fly into these invisible currents, stretch out their wings, and are lifted higher and higher and higher into the sky. They may rise as high as 14,000 feet so high that they cannot even be seen by the naked eye from earth. And when they reach those heights, they emerge from the updraft, wings still spread, and they saw this way and that way, downwards and sidewards, traveling for miles and miles with very little exertion of strength. And here's the application. Like the invisible thermals of this planet, God is present for his people. The strength we need for victorious living comes not from frantically flapping our little wings, but it comes from trusting in God, resting in Christ, and waiting on the Lord. And so I wanna say to you as I'm drawing to a close, folks, that just like those thermals God lifts his people higher and higher. Come on, let faith arise. He lifts his people higher and higher. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Now give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. We shall mount up with wings as eagles. Why don't you stand with me as we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus. You have spoken such hope into our spirits today. And it's all from your words. I wanna invite you, won't you pray this out aloud after me, church? Lord Jesus, I spread out my wings today. I open up my wings. I do my part. And I look to you. Lift me up in your thermals. Lift me up in your thermals, I pray. My expectation is of you. My hope is in you. I look to you. And I receive the strength that you give me now. Now I'm just going to pray. And so Father, I just thank you for what you've done today. Your word has brought freedom. Your word has brought life. Your word has brought healing. And I declare over the people of God that you shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run the race of life and not be weary. You shall walk and you shall not faint. Thank you for your word to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, everybody.